All right, welcome to another Sunday conversation here on FingerLakes1.com. I'm Josh Durso, and my guest this week is Steve Griffin of the Finger Lakes Economic Development Center down in Yates County. Penn Yan has made a lot of headlines over the last six months since winning the $10 million prize through the Downtown Revitalization Initiative. He gave us an update on that effort, and we also talked about some of the broader issues at play with regard to infrastructure and economic development here in the Finger Lakes. Stay tuned for all that, and don't forget our Sunday conversations are available on the FingerLakes1.com app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and of course, over on YouTube. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming up. You guys have some amazingly exciting things going on down in Yates County right now. Um, let's let's start with DRI. That's probably the most exciting thing going on in Yates County. Uh, where do we stand in that process? You guys had a meeting this week. We, we did, and in in fact, it was our final public meeting. So we had five uh, LPC local planning committee meetings, and I think it was three. Maybe it was four. It was at least three public meetings, and the the last of which was last night. And all we really did there was uh, exhibit the the 15 slated projects that we are submitting to the state for for their review uh, to to receive the the 10 million dollars. We actually put forth 15 million dollars worth of projects at the state's request, uh, so that they can do their due diligence on it and they come back with their review and, and ultimately award 10 million projects. So last night was sort of the culmination of a tremendous amount of effort and, and, and work and uh, just had those in the community that were interested see what that final slate was. They were already aware of it uh, and just that sort of ask any final questions. How rewarding is it for someone like you uh, to see the, the level of community buy-in that's required not only to get you know, to the phase where you have a plan that's that's viable and the state considers you, but once you've won and the community has to come together to actually um, contribute to that process. I, I would tell you, Josh, I think it's it's what I'm most excited and proud of right now. It's, it's um, I'm year 12, I believe now, uh, at the helm of the, the Gates County IDA. We do business as a Finger Lakes Economic Development uh, Center. In starting out, when I came back, Penyan is home, Yates County's home for me. And when I came back, I saw the the attitudes that a lot of people had there, and uh, went to work. My very first public uh, speaking engagement there was was at the end of it. I said, "Look, we have to scream louder and the pessimists in this community because everybody's telling us why things can't happen. We have to get around that." And I've I've literally ended every single talk I've ever given in our county anyways, would scream louder and the pessimists. And over time that's evolved, you actually did start hearing a lot of that drowned out. And we got to the point ultimately where there, there's always going to be pessimists. There's always going to be negativity, but it's so rewarding to see how many people jump on top of those pessimists with the positive news and why a project's good. I continue to evolve that. Where we are now is I've asked the community to, you stopped being pessimistic. I appreciate that. I asked you to get, uh, you know, to, to scream louder. You've done that. I now ask you to become actively engaged 
in this community. We're a staff of four. There's only two of us that are really sales, if you will, to try to do this. And we've had a lot of great accomplishments. There's 25,000 people in the county. What if we had 25,000 sales reps? And so become actively engaged. Well, through this process, through the DRI, we had over 1,500 people uh, come through to the different planning meetings, to the public engagements, fill out surveys. Uh, and they, ju they just said that number last night. So to me, that was, you know, that's phenomenal. 1,500 people coming out over the course of a very, shoot, uh, very few short months to give their input, to give their ideas, to, to get behind certain projects, point out challenges with others. It was unbelievably rewarding. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Now, as you're going through this process, especially um, at, toward the, the latter third, where you need that input from the community, uh, are there ever any like moments of, oh God, are we going to be able to get enough people out to these meetings to, or enough people to be fully engaged in this topic and really contribute what we need them to contribute? Uh, or is it just you're, you're crossing your fingers and just hoping for the best? Uh, no, having people show up was not the issue. In fact, we kept um, prepping our consultants in the state saying, it, you're going to get a big turnout every single time here. And as they, as they kept saying, we're, you know, we were breaking records at every one of these meetings, how many people show up based on their other, their other uh, DRI awards. The, the bigger, the, by far the bigger challenge was tr still trying to drive a, a unified um, concept, I guess, if you will, of what we should do with the money. Because we had, obviously, with that many people getting involved, they all come at it with their opinion on what they think is most impactful. So, you know, there was people who wanted all $10 million to go towards the arts. There was people who wanted all $10 million to go to uh, park development all $10 million to go to dredging out the, the, the Cuca outlet so boats can have easier access into, uh, into downtown Penyan from Cuca Lake. The state won't allow any of that to happen. They won't, they won't give all $10 million to one project. So to try to, to work with the community saying, we understand you think that's most important. We can't do all of that. And then also to prep them that $10 million is a lot of money for any one project. It's amazing how quickly $10 million goes when you had, in our case, we had 42 projects apply for the, for the funds uh, and need somewhere around $31 million in grant funding. So that was by far the more challenging aspect of it is just trying to continue to drive the process forward with a, a vision that you believe is best for the community. So what are some of the projects that are, are either on the final list or getting close to the final list? So the final slate is set and that's moving its way to, to the state and it's, uh, there's, like I said, there's 15 different projects and, and they range. Uh, the biggest, any, uh, the largest request amount is going for the Samson Theater renovation. Um, one of the things we, we know we need in, in our community is we, tr we continue to have a tremendous amount of job growth. We've, we've led the, the nine county Finger Lakes region in total job growth, the manufacturing job growth. So job growth actually isn't our, <laughs> sounds so weird to say, our, our biggest goal. Um, what we know we need is uh, an, an increase in sort of cultural and recreational amenities within the community and we desperately need more housing. So uh, the Sampson hits that 
right, you know, right, right on the right on the nose. So uh, they're they're asking for the the most amount of money. If that gets open, we're hoping that really pushes. That's a, that's an anchor downtown um, and, and helps with the restaurants and the, and the merchants. Uh, we then have a, a couple of different um, restaurants that we're hoping to to bring in some renovations of, of storefronts for for that. Uh, a lot of apart upper floor apartment developments uh, and, a, and a townhouse development. Uh, in fact, in total, we will add. Uh, actually, I had these numbers um, somewhere here. We have. 24 new apartment units being added in 18 townhomes. We think that'll add a little bit over 70 new uh, year-round residents uh, to, to downtown Penyan. And then the, the, the other biggest chunk of it will go towards Village of Penyan projects, including, including park development, including some outlet trail enhancements, uh, and some streetscape improvements uh, within four different streets downtown. What if you're if you were going to put your finger on it, what do you think uh, made Penyan stand out uh, compared to the other finalists uh, here in the Finger Lakes? Well, I think we had a, a, had a good story to tell. Uh, we had a tremendous amount of, of plans already in place. So it was more about we believe we can implement projects. We don't need the money to help us plan for additional projects. Uh, so we had waterfront development plans, we had downtown development plans, we had park plans, we had new zoning plans, we had, there couldn't be more plans than I'm aware of. The, comp, the village's comprehensive plan had just been updated. So we were ready from that aspect and it was more about implementing and I think we did a good job telling the story of, we have a lot of, a lot of demand coming through the area just with, with, with visitors, tourists in we don't have, you know, we're billed as the Finger Lakes in general, um, Cuca, Canandaigua, Seneca Lakes you know, is, is a very high-end worldwide destination. And we don't have the amenities yet outside of the physical beauty uh, that goes along with being that top-end uh, destination. And so we need to add those other elements, and the DRI can help us do that, especially when you're dealing with 200-year-old you know, buildings uh, that need a tremendous amount of money to, to get them in the shape they, they need. Now, obviously, uh, Penyan probably plays a pretty big role in Yates County's uh, overall uh, development scheme or plan. Um, where does it fit? How does it fit? And, and what does the DRI uh, do for Yates County as a whole? It's, it's a great question. So Penyan is the county seat. Uh, more than 50% of all the em employment within Yates County resides within within the village it's where our largest manufacturers are it's where the, the county government is it's where the hospital is uh, so it 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 is the it's it's where uh, most of the retail uh, shopping is so it, it is the it is the the center of the economic hub of the of the county as as a whole so it, it needs to be vibrant it needs to its downtown needs to be vibrant in order to help draw additional residents to the area in order to keep visitors here a little bit longer uh, and spend a little bit more of their, their vacation funds while they're here. Um, and you know, we need that to be healthy for the rest of the county to, to also be healthy. Not too dissimilar than the argument that you need Rochester and, and Syracuse to be strong if all the other perimeter counties are also going to be strong. Um, so obviously before we, we came on here, we were talking a little bit about uh, some of the uh, challenges that you guys probably faced going through this process leading into it. We touched on it a little bit. Um, there's a lot that folks in the community probably don't see, like three years of work, which you described leading up to this actual 
uh, through this application process. Walk us through that and what some of the efforts were like behind the scenes that got you to where you were to be able to, uh, for Penyan and Yates County to get this win. Well, I guess if you go back starting three years ago, we we put in our original application. Um, we had used some some uh, consultants to to help us drive that that first plan to get it in in time. Quite honestly, because it was the, the time crunch has been a has been a challenge. We didn't we didn't make the short list, and that was that was frustrating because obviously we thought we had a we had a good story to tell. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we went back and started asking, uh, you know, I was just asking questions of people. I don't, I don't care what community you voted for. I, that's not what I'm asking. How could we make our plan better? Where did you think we missed on? And it, we, the goal was never to change our plan in order to get the money because we know what we need. We know what we want to do. But if there's elements within that plan that we need to highlight or, or um, maybe alter a little bit, then, then let's see if we can, if we can do so. Second year, uh, we, we came in basically second to, to Batavia and, again, asked the same questions. And um, really what we, we found was that we were pressing a little bit too much in, on the housing element, and so we, we, we tweaked that a little bit. We still need it, but now we added it within different strategies of, of our downtown development uh, and, and just continued to refine, refine the plan. We didn't change a whole lot, uh, quite honestly, from year two to year three. Um, and then, so, you know, there was a tremendous amount of work up to that, up to that point, working with different developers and, and building owners and that sort of thing. What I was not prepared for was just the amount of work that came in right after the fact. So literally about five minutes after the lieutenant governor made the announcement, they had us huddled up, getting ready for our next meetings. The, you know, talking about who in the community, the type of individuals they like to see to populate the local planning committee. They again, the state, the, the state has a lot of say within this programming. Uh, they had us, you know, they had the final say in who made the local planning committee. They we gave them some names and, and ideas, um, and then just to see how quickly. So it was three years to get there, and then we had about sixty days in which to come up with those first slate of projects. Um, and the time crunch behind that to get into where we were just last night um, was, was a tremendous challenge. There was a lot of moving parts. There was a lot of frustration because there's so many moving parts and information, uh, getting the information out to everyone, uh, to each of the project applicants, getting it back to the LPC members, out to the community, out to the public was, was a significant, significant challenge. And uh, again, it was, a, it was a lift that was, was heavier than I anticipated. And, and I think just sort of watching the coverage of, you know, of the process and how you guys moved through it, it seemed to be if there were a point of frustration, that was it, the, the, the amount of time, the small window of time. Yeah. Um, if you were sort of talking to state leaders and saying, hey, this would be a way that you could make it better, um, and you were sort of rattling off a couple ideas, would expanding that window a little bit be one of those things? Uh, yeah, without, without any doubt. And we were further challenge and that we were, I believe, the last community to be announced uh, this round, which probably cut another 30 to maybe 60 days off of our timeline, but yet the end timeline was, didn't, didn't move with that delay. So, you know, we were further um, uh, challenged with, with, with that. The, the problem really became between how many, uh, how much time the consultants had 
to spend with the applicants because a lot of these buildings are you know they're large buildings that haven't had anything going on in the upper floors in in 60 70 or 80 years mm -hmm. in how do you where do you start and so the the applicants don't know how much this is going to cost them uh, and the architects did a really good job helping them you know discover some of that look at what they could do and then by the time the pro formas came in you know that you're you're going or you're not going and you're like right. well <laughs> I've, you're I've had four hours to think about it you know mm -hmm. let's uh let's, let's try to uh, work this out a little bit more and I think that's just where the the challenge came because even within that realm there's there's cut downs so we're you know we're, we're knocking projects you know off of that advancement slate and mm -hmm. um, with not a lot of time or or in some cases as much information as you would hope you could have so adding even 60 days to the process would have made a lot of difference. So obviously we've talked a lot about uh, DRI process and where you guys stand now, where you're going, that sort of thing. Um, you mentioned earlier that Yates County is doing pretty well in terms of jobs, um, at least regionally. Um, what do you think some of the components are that, that's made that possible or what, what's put that opportunity uh, before Yates County and what maybe uh, some other counties here in the Finger Lakes could learn from what you guys are doing down there? Well, you know, it's, a, it's a great question. Um, I think we're to some degree lucky, mm -hmm. lucky in that the businesses that we have there have been very successful and continue to grow. Now every community has those uh, that have you know have been there for a very long time and, and have a management team in place that continues to to expand and and, and hire. Uh, we've done a good job, I believe, attracting new businesses. And as an economic development organization. Our job is to bring those businesses in. We don't we don't get to run them. I joke often that's that's a very good thing that we don't get to run them. Uh, but we you know we don't know which businesses are going to ultimately make it and not make it. So it it's been my opinion since we got there since I've started, and and my board has come along with me and and luckily so has the the local municipalities and the community that um, activity breeds activity and let's just get as many businesses and projects. I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're uh, a, a, a man or a woman. I don't care if you're a manufacturer or a retailer or, or a, a production farm. Mm -hmm. We want you. Come in, grow. And some of those are going to take off. Some of those are going to fail. Uh, but the more of those we have, and if we have the right infrastructure in place for them to improve our chances of more of them making it, then the, the better off we'll be. And and I'm getting ready for my annual meeting, which is Friday, and, and we track that. We track how many total projects we've done uh, versus total job growth versus wage growth. And they're on pace now to where both capital investment, total employment, and wages are out, are growing at a faster rate anyways than our um, trend line going up of how many projects we do in, in a year. So Department of Labor says since 2002, more than a thousand new jobs have been um, added within Yates County, which you know again we're we're a pretty small county, so that's uh, when you have a workforce of roughly eleven thousand. That's 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 pretty good job growth for us. So it's uh, I think that's what we we, we good management teams, uh, which are are figuring out how to grow, and we're we're diversifying our risk and hopefully improving our odds that a bunch of more take off. So to that end. Um, Quality of workforce is always one of those those hot button issues. Uh, you hear a lot of folks here in the, the Finger Lakes and upstate New York and some of the rural communities uh, more broadly 
uh, say that the, the region would be better off if there were a stronger workforce. Um, sounds like what you guys are saying down in Yates County is we've got the workforce, we've got the businesses who want to do business, and we're just working with them the best we can. Um, do you hear that complaint about workforce development and how strong or weak it is um, when you sort of talk to some of your counterparts in other counties sure. throughout the region? It's it's the number one topic discussed, um, not just in the region, uh, not just in the state, but now nationwide. It, it used to be when uh, corporate realtors or site selectors were looking for a client, they you know it was location, location, location. How close are you to a throughway? How close you know? What's your infrastructure cost? Now they look for your available labor. What's your replenishment rate? And if you don't meet their initial numbers, they don't care. <laughs> where you are located. So it, it is the number one challenge uh, nationwide. It's, by the way, one of the other reasons we are so focused on um, sort of the, the other amenity development, the downtown development, cultural and recreational development, housing developments. Uh, the, our housing situation is, is challenged enough where uh, as part of the analysis done through the DRI, they're forecasting we need another 1,200 housing units. Um, it, it, and that's that's with I think two percent growth, and uh, you know I think we'll 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 do more than that. But um, we have to add those amenities because of all we're a, a beautiful place to live. Um, you know we need to add some of those other amenities the other communities around the country have, which is you know again park enhancements and more cultural and recreational activities, and for especially for youth and family friendly. I joke often that. We are a tremendous county for alcohol. <laughs> we have more, you know, the oldest standing building in Penyans, a tavern. Yeah. Um, you know, we have over 100 wineries, breweries, distilleries in and around Yates, Yates County. Um, so we, we, we know how to, to produce alcohol. Uh, we need to figure out how to produce more family-friendly activities as, as well. So mm -hmm. that, it, it's a really long answer for you, Josh. We, we, labor is the number one challenge. Um, while we stay very low on unemployment rates have always been really low, all of our neighboring counties are now also very low. And right. so that, you know, now our location being a rural community surrounded by rural communities is making that a little bit more exasperated. Um, we think we have some solutions in place. We see, we're seeing a very large uptick in, uh, in remote and tele remote workers and telecommuters. Uh, so that's where our quality of life really can come into play. It doesn't matter now that we're not that, close to the throughway. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we have the quality of life atmos, uh, elements that the remote workers are, are looking for, and we're seeing, a, uh, it's amazing how, maybe I'm just more aware of it, mm -hmm. but a really large uh, upswing in how many tele telecommuters we have. And, and to that end, it, it's really interesting, because I hear, I hear a lot of talk and a lot of numbers uh, being thrown out there around uh, young people and then moving towards urban centers, moving towards the Rochesters, the Syracuse, the Buffaloes. Um, how does a, a Penyan or a Yates County continue to try to keep that that part of it at bay while still focusing on building those amenities that you're talking about that might draw some of them back or maybe even keep some of them from considering a move to a suburb of Rochester or Syracuse as opposed to um, staying put? I believe that, I've, I've always had this belief that you're going to struggle, you're going to have a hard time keeping uh, your 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 young professionals in here, your recent graduates, college graduates, high school graduates. You could have every job available, known to humankind in your in your community, and a, 
a certain percentage of your of your young professionals are going to leave to go out and experience what life's like somewhere else. You could have no jobs available and you're going to have a certain amount of those same individuals that want to stay and they're going to figure out a way to make life work where they're from. So we're, we're less focused on trying to lose people. Uh, what we're more focused on is is making sure everyone is aware of the opportunities that exist currently within the community that those who want to work here, those who either want to stay or move to the area, uh, know what's available, know the resources we have to help them find those jobs, to help find housing, to help uh, maneuver around and, and meet the school systems, uh, that those are in place to, to really capture as many as we can that, that do choose to live in the area. So I want to get back to housing. Um, that's a challenge, it seems like, for every single community, rural or urban. Mm -hmm. um, affordable housing, housing in general, the housing stock, when a house goes up on the market, it seems like it's there for about two or three days and poof, gone. Um, and then when you talk about renting, uh, rent rent continues to increase yep. and that, that median, that middle of the market seems to be disappearing a little bit. Um, what are some of the ideas that are being tossed around or that you guys are thinking about to kind of maybe keep that problem at bay and maybe improve it a little bit? Well, it's it's a significant problem for us. It's one yeah. of the things we hear from our employers over and over and over again is the challenge they have in um, their employees coming to them saying that they can't find housing. It's, it's uh, Times can lead to increased turnover rates for them as they're commuting longer distances, and a lot of people are looking for, for help. So they're passing by help-wanted signs in their commute to the area. So you can only keep them so long doing that. We think, again, back to the DRI, uh, we, we have some, I don't know that they're unique challenges, but agriculture continues to grow uh, in, in the county. So available farmland in some communities that might get used and, and purchased by housing developers to, to develop housing tracks simply isn't available in Yates County. It's being actively farmed, and those farms are continuing to increase. So it's putting even further pressure on on existing housing infrastructure and, and uh, availability, it's why we're focusing again on, on downtown. We don't have a tremendous amount of public infrastructure, so there's not public water and sewer uh, throughout a lot of the area. Uh, the downtown villages and, and communities tend to have that. So again, utilizing Penyan as the example, we have some upper units uh, of, the, of, the, of the buildings downtown that we could uh, rehab and there's public water, there's public sewer. We're not displacing anybody. So we can just add units um, easier than trying to find a track of land, buy it out from an existing uh, farmer and, and try to put housing on it. So um, that's one of the ways we're doing it. We are incentivizing some, some housing developments. We have some going in now, uh, luckily. Uh, we have that we're, we're hoping take some of that pressure off, adding some new elements and, and uh, housing uh, styles that we haven't had in the community. So there, it's not 150-year-old Victorian house. Um, it, <laughs> so it's uh, or a a farmhouse. So mm -hmm. you know, there's some townhomes, there's some apartment units. So they're they're adding they're adding some some selection and diversity to the area. Now to that end, um, a lot of folks you probably hear it as much in Penyon as you do anywhere else. Uh, we need to balance the, the preservation of historic uh, aspects of our community while still moving forward. How do you sort of 
um, in your position, how do you sort of balance or, or that juxtaposition where some people probably want to see anything and everything that, that moves forward and is modern, and some folks in the community who probably also want to see a lot of what Penyan might have been mm -hmm. 50 or more years ago preserved? Well, in fact, there was one project that, that I thought was a fantastic project as part of the DRI that, that didn't make it through to the final slate uh, for that exact concern. Uh, it was a large project. They were going to need a lot, a pretty big chunk of the DRI funds in order to go forward. Um, and the community was pretty loud uh, coming back saying, while they weren't against the project, they were against downtown funds going towards a new housing development project when we have these old historic building, row buildings downtown that are in need of help. And so let's utilize the money to renovate those and keep them historic and, and um, you know, keep the historic look and nature and feel of, of Penn Yan uh, instead of using it for a brand new development. So uh, we did see it in, in there and that's basically how we appeased it. Okay, well for this money, we'll, we listen to the community, we'll, we'll do the other, we'll do some of these other projects, we'll, we'll put them forward and then I'll go back and work with those developers to try to figure out other ways to make them to make them happy. So you, you try to do what you can to keep the community, you know, to meet the, the greater needs of the community, but um, there are times where, listen, the, the, the greater good is getting this project to go forward. Um, luckily, we haven't had any real instances of a historic structure coming down for something new to go up. So we, mm -hmm. we, haven't, we haven't been faced with the, the ultimate decision yet in, in cases where there are some of those issues. It's, it's, it's been handled pretty well. So let's talk a little bit about the infrastructure. You touched on it, uh, how it's an opportunity for housing downtown because the infrastructure is already there. Some of the infrastructure that's pretty pretty crucial in 2019. Um, let's talk about the, the state of infrastructure in Yates County in terms of water, sewer, that type of thing. But then I also want to touch on uh, broadband access because that's obviously something that's been um, pushed pretty hard and necessarily pushed um, but it's still a challenge <coughs> in a lot of rural communities. Um, so first, where, where does Yates County sort of stand in the, the broad scheme of infrastructure? Good, in the middle, need some work, or somewhere in between? <laughs> um, in general, it's good. Mm -hmm. So I think where we have the concentration of at least our industrial and commercial type opportunities, the infrastructure is 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 pretty solid from that aspect. We are we we did help um, Dundee, uh, Village of Dundee, get some some money for wastewater treatment enhancements. Mm -hmm. They have a a large uh, structure, the original Seneca Foods plant, uh, in in Dundee that has sat largely vacant or unutilized for a long time, and so that's our next. You know that that's where we're concentrating next. We we're going to have a challenge putting anyone into that facility without having the right infrastructure place at the village from especially from a, a wastewater uh, standpoint to handle that so uh, you know they're probably a year away I, I might be being a little bit generous for them of of getting their new wastewater treatment facility built so in general i think we're i think we're pretty good you'd hear a lot of the wineries argue we need to extend water uh, down especially down route 14 and there's some plans in place to try to help do that um, we're looking at trying to do some irrigation help for a lot of the farms that we think might be, uh, you know, possibly contributing to some of the, uh, the algae blooms you're seeing in, in, in the lakes. So how can we help the farmers out that, you know, they're, they're 
challenged with the same thing all the rest of us are challenged with, you know, long droughts, you know, long spans of no rain followed by two to three inches at once. And uh, so, you know, I think from a general infrastructure standpoint, everybody always wants more. Uh, but I think for what we have from a, an economic development standpoint, it's good and, and continuing to get better. Uh, the broadband's a different, uh, a different battle. So again, I would tell you that I think within the where the the population centers are, it's it's good. Um, it's it, there's there's plenty of it. So where it's challenged is as soon as you get outside of those population centers, and it's it's not only not good, it's very poor. Mm-hmm. And we're still trying to figure out the right ways in which to solve that. And uh, one of the things we've been trying to do is work with the state and how they view areas that are, are served. You know, as long as you're in someone's tariffed region, they believe it's served and we're coming back to them through surveys. Um, in fact, the, the school superintendent Dundee uh, has done a really good job being front and center on this and putting together data points showing, no, we're not even remotely close to being served by, by broadband. And uh, the county's behind that as well. They obviously have the fiber ring coming through. So it's a work in process. I don't have even a, a bit of a forecast to say when we'll hopefully get it solved because there's right now there's not a great solution out there that we've seen that can help handle you know farms when they're spread out by mm-hmm. you know a, a mile in between or half right. mile or quarter mile in between um, we're hoping to find it but we're not we're not there yet now Yates County obviously uh, it sounds like from your assessment overall um, not just in infrastructure, but in terms of economic development, viability, all that stuff, it's good. Is this one of those issues, the broadband issue, um, if not properly addressed? Obviously, Albany is talking about trying to fix the problem, and they're, they're taking their own process through this. Um, but is this something that could really uh, inhibit the growth long-term for Yates County? Or could it get to a point where Yates County does sort of hit that wall if this isn't addressed in, say, five, six, seven, eight years? When you know, I I don't know. It it's not going to help if we don't get it. That's for sure. Um, it it will limit, I think, to some degree, our success in seeing additional uh, telecommuters and, and remote workers um, populate the county, uh, because right now they have to come into Penyan, Dundee, somewhere that there is some some uh, broadband access through you know co-working spaces or free Wi-Fi uh, to to get you know to do their work. If if we don't make it a little bit easier for them, you know I think other communities will have it, and so um, you know I think that that's probably the bigger challenge for us right now is what happens if in fact we can't continue to offer those opportunities for for possibly. It's one of our strategies. So if we can't, if part of our strategy is is hindered by the lack of broadband, then it will impact us. And I do know for for sure that a lot of the the, the agricultural community, the farmers are 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 really struggling with not having the broadband access because they're they're playing in the commodities market and and there's you know GPS tracking on the tractors and then you know if, if they struggle with the broadband, it it's a it's a real challenge to their um, their business. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I, I, I can't let you get out of here without talking a little bit about uh, what Albany is doing um, and, and some of the new proposals and even some of the older ones that um, 
making it difficult to do business in rural places in the Finger Lakes. Um, what's the most concerning thing that you've seen so far uh, this legislative session pop up um, on the radar in general? Doesn't necessarily have to be passed that that might hurt uh, businesses in Yates County or even just businesses in the Finger Lakes. The prevailing wage mandate um, is by far and away the scariest bill that's that's been introduced, and it's one that I, I instead of just complaining about it, I try to look at, okay, what, what are the reasons behind doing it? What are the reasons behind it? And for those that aren't aware, there's a, there's a bill out there that, that is trying to expand the definition of, of what a public project is. And instead of it just being a, a, a New York State project or even a, a local municipality project, they want to expand it to any single project that gets some sort of state or community assistance in any shape or form. So that would include IDA tax breaks. It would include historic tax credits. It would include you know, any Empire State Development capital grant funds, um, which really is just mind boggling to me because these credits, these tax incentives, these grants are in place to help lower the cost of one of the highest places of doing business in the country. And for some reason, actually, the Assemblyman out of Rochester is one of, Assemblyman Bronson is, is one of the co-sponsors of this bill, is trying to enact an additional cost or tax, if you will, on what are really private projects. And it, it makes no sense at all. And if it goes through, it's going to add, um, it depends on your community, but you know, 15, 20, 30, 35 percent cost to a project. And so what they're going to do is just need more grant money to make the project go forward. So it's going to cost state taxpayers and, and local taxpayers more just to, for some reason, to try to, to add additional wages to the, to the contractors. And even the New York State Association of General Contractors has come out against this bill. So they stand to benefit the most from it. And they're saying it's a bad bill. So that one has us concerned because it's in both houses. Uh, both have passed it. The Assembly and the Senate have it in their budgets. Um, and we're just, we're just hoping and praying that the, it doesn't make its way into the final, the final budget, that, that some cooler heads prevail. But I, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's interesting because it seems like having just gone through the, the Amazon uh, debacle and nightmare, where there was a lot of focus on tax breaks and whether they were warranted or not or whether they should have been granted or not you have this scenario now where you are creating as you said a, a situation where more is going to be needed and it, it just it when you talk to those folks in albany or or anywhere is there any sort of acknowledgement that they're just increasing not only the burden on businesses but effectively the burden on themselves and taxpayers because they're going to have to give out more to make it work if economic development is going to keep happening at the clip that it's happening now in the Finger Lakes should something like this move forward. I, I've spoken to my elected representatives. They are fully aware of it. Now, they happen to be Republican, which makes it, you know... They, <laughs> they're in the minority. They're, they're a little <laughs> bit in the minority right now. And the, the, the really challenging part to us is if you if you read any of the... the recovery reports since the depression or since the recession i'm sorry they show that most of the state's job growth has happened in new york city very very little if any has happened uh upstate and even less in central and western new york's so this this 
but this bill comes in and it it it, it it's enacted across you know it's statewide its impact uh, it has almost it has very little impact in New York City where the wages are pretty much at prevailing states anyways up here it's a brand new tax on a on an area that already <laughs> doesn't have the same sort of of recovery that that New York City has had so um, you know, it, 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 I, don't, I don't know that they all see it. The local elected representatives see it, at least the ones I'm aware of. Um, we try to do a good job explaining to the public what our pilots do. Uh, we have 25 active pilots right now. They're, those pilots are making, uh, next year they will have made, um, they will make 200, nearly $250,000 in pilot payments. So they're contributing. That, that's almost a million dollars in tax revenue the community would not have if the pilot didn't exist. These aren't, these aren't what they will eventually pay. That is what is actually paid out from those projects this past year. Um, we've created you know, 330 new jobs with those. So it's, it doesn't make sense that you would try to penalize those companies when they're, when they're producing what they said they're going to do. And it's interesting you, you say that because it sounds like what you guys are doing or, or what Yates County is doing as a whole uh, is adding a little bit of accountability to the process and sort of watching how um, these developers and the, the, the performers actually uh, play out over a year, two years, three years mm -hmm. after those initial pilots are issued. Um, how much of that and, and the effective communication that's behind it, uh, how much of that is really the most important part to uh, going through that process and weighting it effectively so that you don't end up with uh, what in some communities winds up being a PR nightmare um, for, for these IDAs as they hand out certain certain types of tax breaks. Yeah. I, well, I think communi communications is, is the most important factor while you're doing these. People need to know, your community needs to know what your strategy is, what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then reporting back on it. And so we, we have some some general metrics that we utilize and uh, we report on it any every annual meeting um, we're now going back and actually the state makes us report on the projects every year they're due at the end of this month um, they we have to get reports back from our companies those that are receiving pilot breaks on their job growth and their total wages and and um, the actual tax breaks now it's a lot of the times they try to use it against IDAs to show what hasn't worked versus you know what is working um, they will pick out the project that maybe didn't create as many projects or jobs as they said they were going to and say see you didn't you didn't follow up correctly when we're pointing back and say we're, we're 300 jobs over <laughs> what, right. what we were in fact we're 83 above what even the company's projected to be at this point so um, but outside of that you, you have to work with your especially your media partners to let them understand hey when you're covering our projects you know, can you can you let me explain to you the the benefits of this project? So it's not reported on as just here's the tax breaks this company's receiving, mm -hmm. but here's the actual benefit to the, the community and total wages paid, total capital investment, and what the pilot payments will be over that same period of time. Yeah, and that that's as as a member of the media, I have to say that's probably one of the more frustrating uh, things about these processes. Uh, broadly, is that there usually isn't that explanation. Obviously, you guys are an exception to that one. Um, if, you, if you're just a casual headline reader, you probably have seen all the chatter about uh, folks leaving New York. When you see headlines like that, um, how do you sort of, and obviously it's a numbers thing, so you know more people are leaving New York than coming back in. Um, 
How do you sort of spin that for Yates County, for your, uh, for the communities that you're serving as a positive and say, oh, wait, hold on. We have a lot of positive things going on here. Let's think about that and maybe let's forget for a few minutes what, what Albany is doing and what's happening in some of uh, the, the more depressed uh, parts of the region and the state. Well, I think it goes back to what I, what I mentioned before. That you're, we ha we've, from that communications aspect, we have a tremendous amount of colleges and universities in the area. And you, you, I always look at like uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. They have really cold winters, they get snow, uh, but somehow Madison, Wisconsin is, is young and trendy and, and hip and cool, and it's a college town, it's educated. But Rochester, Syracuse, is is this Rust Belt. It's cold. It's wintry. There's nothing going on there. I'm like, what? You know, we have more students than than they have. We have more colleges than they have. How come we're not? How come we're not cool? <laughs> right? There's there's no reason. Like that. That's yeah. where I think the state should spend a lot of their their advertising is like let let's take a look at what's going on up here. What we have to offer people. And again, we're never going to keep those the individuals who who are raised here are certain percentages i mentioned earlier i this is my 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 sentiment anyways they're going to leave they want to go explore somewhere else so it doesn't matter how many how much opportunity they have here a certain percentage of them are going to leave and a certain percentage of them are always going to come back what we aren't right now is that place where people from other parts of the country are going to get their new their new adventure and we need to we need to position ourselves to be that place. So that's what we're we're trying to do. We just want people to know what do you want to do because we have that career available to you right now. If you want a place where you can go where you you have uh, you know five trillion gallons of of fresh clean water where you can boat and swim and wake surf and and yeah snow ski, you know, downhill ski in the winter and, and hike unbelievable trails and bike wherever you want to go and, and, and have that great, the, the good balance of, of life between your career and, and your personal time. We're the place to come do that exploration. And, and here's all the great things we have going on, you know, so at least put us in your, in your decision metric, you know, give us a chance, let us show you what, you know, how much fun you can have, what life can be like if you, if you move here. Um, or, consequently, if you want to stay here, you know, we're starting really young. We're involved in our elementary schools and our middle schools with exploration projects, and, and, and we call it Discovery Yates, where they get out into our, our local employers, mostly manufacturing, to see what it's like there. Uh, we've been doing that for probably seven years now. We have proof of, of success with one of, you know, local companies hiring uh, graduates uh, or people who've come back to the area. So. It's, it's again, it's that communication. Look at everything we have going on. We have an opportunity for you to, to, to build your career right here. And that right there is a great spot to leave it. Steve, thanks for coming in. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so much for having me. Love telling the tale.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's show. New episodes every Sunday right here on FingerLakes1.com. And of course, the podcast is available wherever you consume your podcasts and on a lot of streaming services. So check that out today and look for a new episode next week right here on FingerLakes1.com.